This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 90. Hi, I'm Alan Foster, co-author of PowerScore, your formula for leadership success with some great news. You found a powerful podcast. It's the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. People who believe they have a certain set of skills and that's that, they're stuck. And people who believe that they're trainable, learnable, coachable, that they can change and improve, those people are the ones making the money. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever-important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. Hi there, and welcome to the podcast that is dedicated to your personal and professional growth, where we sit down with a successful and inspiring business book or nonfiction author each week. We talk about their latest book, and depending on their area of expertise, things like leadership, personal development, career, marketing, business, and entrepreneurship, with entrepreneurship getting much of the focus this time around. In this episode, we'll chat with Clay Clark, author of Thrive, How to Take Control of Your Destiny and Move Beyond Surviving Now. I plan to ask Clay about the continued viability of the American dream, why most people are content with just getting by, tips for building a scalable and duplicatable business, and a lot more. You'll find more in-depth discussion and conversation centered around many of these same books and authors at our private Facebook group. A couple of ways you can join that. One is to simply text the phrase READ TO LEAD to 33444. That number, by the way, works only in the United States. Again, it's the phrase read to lead to 33444 if you're in the U.S. Outside the U.S., simply visit readtoleadpodcast.com slash group. And Read to Lead is proudly supported by SoFi, a leading marketplace lender. You could save thousands when you refinance your federal and private student loans at lower rates with SoFi. As a Read to Lead listener, you can take advantage of a special $200 welcome bonus when you refinance your student loans. Go to SOFI.com slash Read to Lead to find out more. Clay Clark is one of America's most sought-after business and entrepreneurship coaches and is best known for his ability to create scalable business models and workflows that require minimal oversight. Throughout his career, he's worked with Hewlett-Packard, O'Reilly's Auto Parts, Valspar Paint, Farmers Insurance, Maytag University, and many more. Clay is the founder and COO of Thrive15.com, providing gamified edutainment for entrepreneurs, from millionaires, mentors, and everyday entrepreneurial success stories. Clay is also the author of Thrive, How to Take Control of Your Destiny and Move Beyond Surviving Now. Clay, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. I love the name of your podcast more than you possibly know. <laughs> and uh, I, there was a study that Entrepreneur Magazine uh, did, and I'm sure you're familiar with the, the work of maybe the Rich Habits author. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Ramsey talks about him a lot. But they said that 88% of millionaires read 30 minutes a day uh, or more on, on average every day. And so when you say read to lead, it just blows my mind how right you are. Love the name <laughs> of the podcast. 
anything you're talking about, I'm very interested to hear about it. So, Well, thank you for those kind words. I appreciate it very much. Well, before we dive into the book itself, um, I need for you to define for us what you mean by gamified edutainment. Uh, entertain, it's basically entertaining education. It makes you feel like you're playing a game when you're, when you're learning as opposed to like you're completing a very ar- arduous, uh, unfun task. And, and this is at the heart, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, at what subscribers will find at Thrive15.com, correct? Yes. And I, I, can, I can tell you this. Yesterday, I was talking to a gentleman named Michaela. And uh, Michaela won't mind me sharing his story. But his mom and dad fled the uh, Ukraine to move to the United States, you know, because of the, the civil unrest over there. They don't want their kids mm. to get drafted. Long story short, he's sitting in college, bored out of his mind, listening to a professor talk about who knows what, but he says at no point did he think that the professor would talk about how to start or grow a business because he's studying business, but they're not talking about it. (laughs) So he stumbled upon Thrive, which you heard about in Bloomberg, and he said, for the first time in my life, I am reading books like every day because I understand they're they're a prerequisite to get where I want to go. And that, and that spark and that eagerness to learn was by going on Thrive 15 and realizing all these mentors and all these millionaires, they all read a lot. They all read to lead, as you would say. <laughs> and so the whole idea is he found learning to be fun. And I said, well, I asked one of our subscribers the other day, I said, you know, why, do you, why are you learning now and you didn't before? And he's like, I don't know. I've always thought about learning as being, you know, associated with like memorizing the periodic table or talking about <laughs> Pythagoras or something. I never thought learning could actually help me earn more money. We want to make the experience uh, one where you just enjoy learning because you really do have to read or, or to, to lead or you have to learn to earn. You just have to. I, well, I identify with that. Certainly back in 2003, I had just a complete mind shift regarding reading. It used to be a chore. I used to think of reading as homework. And I got introduced to people like Seth Godin, Pat Lencioni, yeah. and Jim Collins. And exposure to these books I, I wasn't even aware existed just changed my perspective completely. Well, I, I've shared this stat before on the show, but it's one that says by 2020, in just five years, only about half of us, Clay, will be members of the traditional workforce, and that percentage continues to decline, according to these same studies, over the next decade. Yeah. So I want to get your thoughts on what we traditionally think of as the American dream. Why do you feel that desiring a job with benefits, the path that, at least for right now, most Americans are on, is a bad thing? Well, I don't think that it is uh, a bad. I want to make sure, and I'm not. I'm not arguing with the host at all. I just want to clarify. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a a, a bad thing to pursue um, a job in the in the uh, traditional sense in terms of you know working with a uh, working with a company and staying there for years. Mm. But I think what you have to do is you have to become um, a, a, a somebody who's an, who's a, you, you know you call them entrepreneurs. I would call these people intrapreneurs. Mm. You have to work within the organization in a way that's entrepreneurial. You have to look for problems and solve them. So let me give an example. If I had started working in advertisement for one of my first companies, uh, it's called DJ Connection. We did wedding entertainment. Uh, we Before I sold the company, we did almost 4,000 events a year. Mm. So if you came to work for Clay Clark Industries in, in 1999 for DJ Connection, for Party Perfect, for uh, Juliet Films and for Elephant in the Room. It's my men's grooming lounge haircut chain. If you came to work for me, 
you would have been an expert on yellow page advertising, right? (laughs) And I'm sure your listeners remember what those were, but you know, that was the way you found companies when you didn't have a referral. You went to the yellow pages. And so if you started working for me, you would have had to have been a yellow page machine because we bought the front cover. We dominated yellow page ads. And now guess what you have to be? What, five years ago, you had to be a search engine optimization expert. Mm. Well, most business owners never made that jump. They never went from yellow pages to the internet. So a lot of mom and pop shops died when the internet came out, where thankfully, I was in a learning and earning mindset, and I was able to dominate search engine optimization and make that jump and actually benefit from it. Mm. Well, guess what? It just changed again in the last 18 months. Now it's mobile targeted search. Everybody, all all the companies I work with now, we have to reach users who are on a small little mobile phone and we have to retarget them. We have to do laser focused ads. And so I say that to say, if you would come to work for me uh, 10 years ago, or I guess it'd be 15 years ago now, you would have been laid off from me on three separate occasions if you would not have learned new things. I think that's important to remember that you have to constantly be in a state of learning. One of my first guests on the show said, if it ever becomes clear that I've stopped learning, Dig a hole and push me in because I'm of no use to anybody. Well, you know, one of our employees, uh, names, his name is Dan McKenna. And when I hired Dan, Dan worked as a wedding entertainer. And then when I sold the business, I bought a photography company and, and a video company. And Dan became the head of the photography company, the head mm-hmm. of the production department, literally managing the editing and shooting the taping of thousands of commercials and, and, and thousands of wedding videos. And his only prerequisite to having done either one of those two tasks was that he knew me and I trusted him. <laughs> and Dan said, "You want me to ed- you want me to be the head of a of a of a video production department? I've never even done that before." And I said, "Dan, but I know you have integrity and you're trainable. Get after it." Mm. And so Dan reinvented himself. And then when we launched thrive15.com 2 years ago, um, Dan actually had to prepare documents for our venture capital partners, and now he heads up a whole web development team. And so you can see this guy went from being a wedding entertainer to being a video production department manager to now being the head of a web development portion of a, a multi-million dollar company. And it's all because he's dynamic, he's trainable, he's coachable, which goes back to you do have to be an entrepreneur if you're going to stay at a job for, for any type of length of time. And if you're not, you'd better be an entrepreneur, but you're going to be an unemployed entrepreneur if you don't learn fast as well. Mm-hmm. Well, at the heart of the book is, of course, to, to understand the importance of getting beyond surviving to thriving. And in your gut, Clay, why do you feel most people are content with just getting by? Uh, there, there's a word, uh, uh, it's coming to my mind, it's, it's, it's the word jackass. And so there's, there, there's, there, there's this word called jackassery, which comes from the root word jackass. And it's something that I have just studied, that, that I, I've experienced that really, really... Um, begins to blow the mind um, when you start to start to think about how big of an idiot I was for so long. I mean, it's amazing I wasn't hit by a parked bus. I mean, it was just a bad time in American history for me. But I just want to give you an example. If you look at the habits of the rich, you say that, this is again, these are stats you can find. They're easy to find. But every stat you'll find shows you that at least 75% or more of people who are worth a million dollars or more spend 30 minutes a day or more studying uh, uh, success or reading about their career, getting education for their career. Whereas 2%, 2% of people who are in poverty do this. 
80, over, again, over 80%, over 80% of wealthy individuals, these are millionaires. These people are totally sold out on lifelong education and self-improvement versus 5% of the general population. Uh, Dr. Carol Dweck, the Stanford professor, wrote the book, The Growth Mindset, which many people know. But she again found that, look, people who believe they have a certain set of skills and that's that, they're stuck. And people who believe that they're trainable, learnable, coachable, that they can change and improve, those people are the ones making the money. Mm. And so if you're just going to sit there like I did, I worked at Target, and I literally had the system where I had developed this system where it, it appeared, Jeff, as though I was working, although I was not working. <laughs> and that was a form of jackassery, which <laughs> caused me to have poverty. And so whether it's not reading, if mm. you're listening right now and you're like, well, I just don't want to read. I just don't. Well, I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, fine. You are struggling from this thing, the suffering from this deep, dark art, this deep obsession, this almost religious dedication to jackassery. And you must break yourself of that habit. Or if you're eating soft pretzels while trying to screw your boss over like I used to do, you are suffering from jackassery. So and what happens is with jackassery is you can go ahead and perpetuate that behavior as long as you want, thinking that no one's going to find out. But eventually when you go to the bank, you're going to have to go, oh. That wasn't very fun. Mm. So I grew up in a home where we were poor. And every part of my life was focused on money. It was unbelievable. Can you play baseball? Well, see if we have the money for that. You know, <laughs> we want to, you know, do you want to go over here? Well, we'll see if we have the money for that. We could, and my mom and dad are great people, but they didn't know the, 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 the skills needed to thrive. Right. So they were just diligently, my dad's working at the furniture store. My mom's selling advertisement. And we're just, they're working as hard as they can, but they don't have the skills needed to, to move beyond just surviving. So they're treading water. And that's what's going on with so many Americans right now and people all over the world. And what we have to do is start to go, hey, let's get on, let, let's, let's start to get onto the beach. Let's get out of the, let's stop treading water. Let's figure out what it's going to take to get to the beach. And now if someone says, you know, hey, can you, can you juggle a chainsaw? That's really challenging. But at least you're not trying to do that while swimming. And over time, you begin better and be you get better and better mastery of your skills. And then pretty soon, you're not juggling chainsaws or trying to tread water. Now you're, you know, now you're thinking about your luxury hut you're building on the beach and that kind of thing. So I would just encourage you, if you don't dedicate 30 minutes a day to learning the skills needed to move beyond surviving, you're going to spend all of your time thinking about how you're going to survive. Speaking of which, you may sometimes wonder how exactly you're going to survive the financial crunch you find yourself in. You look at your budget and you wonder just how you're going to do it all. Well, if your life includes student loans, maybe uh, other personal loans or mortgages at rates higher than you'd like for them to be, you want to be sure and check out our sponsor, SoFi. They're a leading marketplace lender that offers student loan refinancing, mortgages, and personal loans for ambitious professionals just like you. Now, if you're carrying high student loan balances, you could save thousands by refinancing and consolidating your federal and private student loans at a lower rate. SoFi borrowers, they say, save on average $14,000 over the life of their loans. Now, in addition to savings, SoFi members benefit from unemployment protection. So should you lose your job, SoFi pauses your payment and even provides access to a career services team for personalized career planning and job search assistance. To check out a full list of products and benefits, visit SOFI.com slash 
Read to Lead. For a limited time, and as a listener to Read to Lead, you are eligible for a special $200 welcome bonus when you refinance your student loans with SoFi. Again, just go to SOFI.com slash Read to Lead for this special offer and find your rate online within minutes. And by the way, all loans are made by SoFi Lending Corps, NMLS number 1121636, and CFL license number 6054612. Clay says there are specific traits we must possess if we are to truly thrive. We talked about having a learning mindset already, Clay. What are some of the other traits we need to possess in your view, and how might we develop them if we don't already possess them? Um, The second is you have to really view failure as a prerequisite to success. Uh, Napoleon Hill, the late great success author, says that you have to view failure as a prerequisite to success. It has to happen first. Mm. And so if you're very emotional and you go, well, I, you know, I hit my, you know, if you're a contractor and you go, well, you know, I hit my, I hit my thumb with a hammer. And so it's probably just not meant to be, you know, it's not working out. (laughs) No, you're a contractor. You're going to smash your thumb all the time. You know, Um, yesterday I was pulling carpet from our new, we're building out our new facility. And Mike, I like to get the team involved sometimes on weekends doing fun stuff or things that. I try to make fun. So we hired a live band to perform while we're literally remodeling a building. It was hilarious. And you know what? I found every way possible to not put historic barn wood on a wall. I discovered every <laughs> way not to do it. I got all sorts of scrapes and injuries. But you know what? We, I learned the right way to do it. By the end of the day, I was putting barn wood on the wall like you wouldn't believe. Like I'm a barn wood reclamation boss. And so you've got to have that mindset that failure is a prerequisite. Um, a couple other traits that are, are really important is you, you have to understand that your network is your net worth. An author by the name of Porter Gale, she used to work with Richard Bronson on some of his projects. She says that your network is your net worth. You can't do it alone. you got to go find a team. So if you're listening right now and you own a plumbing company, go find the top contractor in town, the top electrician in town, the top, and see if you can network. You know, mm-hmm. if you're listening and you own a, if you're a banker, go out and find the top insurance guy in town, find the top accountant in town. You have to network. Your network is your net worth. And a final couple, a few I'd like to highlight is that you 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 really have to have a a passion to get where you want to go. So if you're hitchhiking through life and you say, hey, man, you know, do you need a ride? And then the guy says, yeah, I do. And I say, okay, great. I want to get you there. Where, where do you want to go? And the rare chance that someone does pull over and say, where do you want to go? You can't go, well, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Success. Take me to success. I, I want to be financially successful and I want to be a good person. Oh, really? Thank you for being specific. I mean, come on. You got to get specific. Uh, going back to a, a couple of points you made there a moment ago, I've heard the phrase, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Ooh, you're going to have to either learn from mentors or mistakes. And I, and I know people say, well, that's, you know, that doesn't seem very you know, complicated. Well, okay, find somebody who's doing or has done what you want to do and then reverse engineer what they did or invest the time in studying them or interviewing them or reading their books. And what we find is most people are busy and we find that the cognitive load is such that most people cognitively cannot remember more than about a half hour of reading a day. Mm. And so at Thrive, what we've done is we've worked with some leading researchers and top educators to develop a platform that increases the engagement to a ratio of two to three to one on a lot of the studies we're doing. So people who literally go to college classes and can't remember anything 
are literally saying, I remember everything about that episode because it's funny, mm. it's emotionally engaging, it's, it, it, it questions you, it's hard hitting. And, and, and for the same reason you don't need too much help remembering the, your favorite movie you've ever seen, you don't need too much help remembering some of the principles we teach when we make them come alive with that engaging, uh, edu- that gamified edutainment format. Mm. Well, hopefully you don't see yourself in some of these, but but Clay lists a number of character traits of, oh of the dysfunctional entrepreneur. Clay, can you give us a taste of a few of those? Yeah, you got there's some are kind of uncomfortable, but I'm going to get into it. There's there's one you have like the you have the chronically disorganized boss, you know, with a boss who's like, you know, hey guys, we're going to have a meeting. It starts at eight o'clock, and at eight ten he shows up, and he doesn't have a printed agenda. Well, if you read the effective executive. Or if you read Lee Cockerell's book on time management, he's the guy who used to run Walt Disney World Resorts, and he's one of our Thrive15.com mentors. Or if you l- listen to David Robinson, uh, the former NBA Hall of Famer who's built the $300 million investment fund, if you talk to these guys, you got to have an agenda. <laughs> and if you've ever seen a good boss, he has an agenda. I mean, whether you like our current president or not, he's not just winging it when he's doing the State of the Union. He's not like, well, you know, some good things are going on. You know, he's not <laughs> paraphrasing quotes. He has a plan, you know? So you got to have a plan. You can't be the disorganized guy. The second is you see the lot of bosses who don't know how to handle um, candid feedback. They can't give people candid feedback. Mm. And so if you, if you read Jack Welch, the former CEO of GE, who took the company from like an $18 billion valuation up to the hundreds, Jack Welch will tell you lack of candor is the biggest you know, lie in business. You know, false kindness is the same thing as dishonesty. He says you have to face reality as it is, not as it was or as you wish it to be. You have to be an expert of communication. So I would recommend for all of your listeners to read Winning by Jack Welch mm. or to watch all the management courses on Thrive15.com because you really have to learn how to, to, how to communicate. And a final couple ones I'll give you is the, 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 the time management disaster guy. The guy who has no idea what he's doing, when he's supposed to do it, every bill's late, every call doesn't get returned, nothing's written down, he's going crazy. Time management. It's the law of the lid, as John Maxwell talks about. You just can't grow a company if you're disorganized and if you don't have a, a plan there. you know, you, you got to have a, a time management strategy. And the final one I'll give you, and I think that's one that's it's a little bit weird, is you have kind of the boss that hides under their desk. <laughs> where anytime something bad happens, mm-hmm. they're underneath the desk. And anytime something great happens, they're out front and taking the credit. And then whenever <laughs> a bad thing happens, they're like, Marvin, get out there. Marvin, Marvin, you talk to the customer. They're upset. You get out front. I'm going to be under this desk. So you, these are just some of the traits that we discuss. Well, you mentioned Lee Cockrell and, and, and time management. Uh, we had Lee on the show back on episode 80 of the podcast. And oh, you, he's great. And I started using a day planner again, and it's made a huge difference. Just physically writing things down, I think, is, for me, the key. Well, I'm going to tell you this. The human brain, um, the way the human brain works, I don't want to get biblical because I'm not a big biblical study guy, and I'm not, a, I'm not that great of a person. I try to be a good dad, but I don't want people getting confused what I'm saying. But when Moses goes up to the mountain, allegedly, and I realize the Ten Commandments are being ripped off of things all across the world, and it's a controversial book for people, but Moses allegedly got, he talk, you know, God talks to him and says, hey, hey, here, 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 here are my, kind of my ten rules. And he's like, you're, you're kind of ten rules? He says, no, no, these are my ten commandments, Moses. You need to actually, we're going to go ahead and put these on a tablet. And <laughs> Moses is going, what? You're, you're not going to just tell me orally and then move on? Yeah, I'm going to put it on a, I'm going to engrave them, right? 
So the whole idea is the reason why we still have them is that they're written somewhere. <laughs> now, let's reverse engineer that. Go back to 2013. It's my kid's birthday party. We're like, oh, my gosh, look at the kid. Look at the kid. Boom, photo. Boom, photo. Boom. Someone says, what are you going to do with all the photos? And you say, I'm just going to take them on my phone because it's a smartphone and I'm feeling smart and it's 2013 and it's new to have this awesome big phone. So boom, boom, photo, photo, and then ooh, in the pool. Oh, Was no. that your phone in the pool? Oh, Was that no. your phone? Well, yeah, this is my phone. Is it going to work? No, it won't work. The guy <laughs> says, I'm sorry, can I get it out? Well, you could, Sam, but it doesn't work anymore. Oh, well, I'll take it to the phone store. Take it to the phone store. Long story short, guess what happened to the photos that have been collected over that entirety of the year? They're deleted. There we go. So what I'm saying is that I now have my phone synced to Dropbox, mm. so my phone now backs it up. So now my, my dumb phone did become a smartphone. Now all my phones are, all my photos are backed up, but because of jackassery, <laughs> I was able to lose a significant portion of family photos mm. due to my own idiotness. So what happens is a lot of us get these cool apps. We got an app, we got a yellow, little yellow post-it note in our pocket right now. Some of you've got stuff written on the inside cover of a book right now. You've got it, you know, and then you got a calendar for your home and a calendar for your work. What Lee's talking about is have one area, one calendar, and one time management tool. One calendar and one time management tool for your one life. Well, it's made a huge difference in mine for sure. Oh, it's huge. I know this is sort of a broad question, Clay, but what are some tips you can offer to someone wanting to build a scalable and, and duplicatable business model? Yeah. Well, here's the, the first thing. And I mean this in a way that, that uh, is, is profound. So hopefully the profundity of this statement gets, uh, <laughs> resonates with you. Um, one is you need to find a need and fill it. So you need to look around for things that are problems and do a better job. So look for a problem and then solve it. Step two, very quick, find people who have the skills that you need to get the job done and partner with them after you've vetted their character. I say partner, maybe hire, maybe it's actually form an LLC, maybe it's just, you know, contractor, I don't know. But you got to make sure that you, you know, if you're not good at web design, don't let that keep you from building a web company. So think about all the skills you need and then go find people that have those skills. And the third is become cognitively aware, become self-aware of what you stink at and become a voracious studier of success, albeit on thrive15.com or through the books you recommend. Because nobody, according to my friend Napoleon Hill, and I apologize, I'm paraphrasing, but Napoleon Hill says that no intelligent person will follow a person who they view to be inferior to themselves in areas of character mm. and areas of intelligence for very long. So you don't want to work for an idiot boss, so don't be an idiot boss. Well, you've mentioned a couple of books already. I'm curious to know, Clay, uh, books you've read uh, recently or maybe you're currently reading oh, yeah. that have impacted you and, and share maybe how or why they've impacted you as they have. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire up a bunch for you guys. And the great thing about this podcast is you can pause it, listen to it again. I mean, you can get in back into it. But um, the book is, one is, uh, um, it's called Traction by Gabriel Weinberg. It's W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G. A friend of mine built a company he sold for almost $700 million. Mm. And uh, he highly recommends Traction. It explains, you know, in this modern day of internet advertising, merging with offline advertising, the best way to get ahead faster 
And I've helped a lot of my clients walk through that book. It's fabulous. Um, Scale by Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who built Priceline.com. He explains how to build a scalable and duplicatable business model. Very brass tacks. Hmm. Um, the third book, these are books that just, I mean, they're not necessarily new, but they're books that like I reference every day with my clients. Because I used to have people, they would pay like $1,000 to come um, to Tulsa and have me coach them for the day, like an all-day thing. And then it was 2000 and it was three. And I just got to a point where I'm like, I just don't want to work with more than 15 clients a month. And so that's why we built Thrive. But um, Scale by Hoffman, uh, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes, a classic book on step-by-steps, brass tacks to running a business. Very important. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you haven't read that book, you need to. Because unless you're weird, you're going to have to influence friends and people. (laughs) Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Uh, I named my son after Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. I read that book, and it literally, the implementation of those ideas changed my life. Mm-hmm. The Magic of Thinking Big, fabulous book. Why does that book matter? Because I said the implementation. That book is all about implementation, how to implement, not just have epiphanies and unicorn ideas that you chase around into black holes while we're followed by leprechauns. I mean, you, <laughs> you can't just wait for these alternative universes. You have to take your current financial reality because um, this is where we're at. I just want to make sure as you're hearing these books and you're going, this is a fire hose of knowledge. I want to underscore, here's the thing is, my dad is currently in remission from stage four cancer. Hmm. And I say that because your personal life and your business life are one and there will never be a perfect time to read these books or a perfect time to start the business. Hmm. You just have to decide right now that you're going to take the kind of the oath. You're going to decide you're going to thrive. You're going to decide right now, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. I'm going to have success. And just, just take 15 or 30 minutes a day and read, read, read a couple chapters of these books. And it really does. The implementation of these ideas really does have the the potential to change your life in just a transformative way. Well, I know you do a fair amount of public speaking and are continuing to do more and more of it. Uh, Clay, what are some of your tips for delivering an impactful and memorable public talk? I'm going to give you my four. It's called the quad. It's a system <laughs> of that course. I, the quad. <laughs> and it's a system that I use because I do over 150 events a year. Mm. Uh, I have five kids. My wife and I, we travel three to four uh, events a month out of, the, out, of the, out of the States. And we'll usually do two or three workshops while we're there. And we'll travel out of the States or into the different you know, parts of the country. And, and we're just in Toronto doing it. But this is what you do, the quad. See, step one, this is, this is kind of pre-quad, okay? But step one is go ahead and figure out what you're going to tell your audience. Figure out your key points. Point one is have the point. So what's your point? So let's say your point was you need to be memorable with your marketing. I'm just making it up. If that's your point, be memorable with your marketing. Mm. Step two of the quad is you need to have a notable quotable. You need to have a quote from somebody who the world views as being more credible than yourself. Why? It's the law of credibility. Right. You might think you have to be memorable, but I might think you're a nut job from Idaho, and I don't know who you are. <laughs> you might think you're, you're a crazy man from Oklahoma. Who are you? You know. So you have to have a notable quotable. The third is I call it a mystic statistic. But I highly recommend you have a statistic that backs what you're saying. So all the quotes that we talked about today as far as those entrepreneurship quotes um, and, those, and those statistics, if you go to DaveRamsey.com and view his uh, portion where he talks about the 20 things the rich do every day, mm-hmm. you can read those stats. Those are real stats. Those are not things we're making up here. So you definitely want to have the, the point, the notable quotable. You want to have the stat. And the fourth is you need to have a story that explains how to actually implement it or how you've struggled implementing it or, mm-hmm. or your story. It's a memorable story. And... People love stories, and stories are a vehicle 
a, kind of like a Trojan horse can be used to communicate a very different message. So mm. you want to have stories. And if you'll just follow the quad, if you'll just have a point, have the notable quotable, have the stat and have a story, your audiences will respond well. And at the very end, tell people what you told them and leave the audience with action items. Well, I want to end by asking you, uh, to those whose lives you've touched, Clay, family, colleagues, your clients, at the end of, of your life, uh, what do you hope to be remembered for the most? Well, I truly am about helping people move from surviving to thriving. And if you want to do that, I can tell you step-by-step step specifically how to do it. And I've done it literally with hundreds of clients where I've personally seen the success happen in their lives. And I've done it with thousands and thousands of people all over the country who mail me letters a year after a speaking event or six months later. And they go, because of your talk at the Hilton Anatole Hotel in Dallas, my wife and I are now debt free. And it's been two years since your talk. And I never thought we could do it. Mm. Because of what you said, I want you to know my marriage is working. Thank you for that tip. I have been married. I mean, I have five kids. I've been married for 14 years. And if I tell you this is what you shouldn't be doing, I'm telling you because it works. So I'm just trying to make sure we're getting this. I am just a very passionate guy about teaching you what works and teaching people that they can thrive. And if that's all I've done is taught what works and taught you what I thrive, uh, how to thrive, and, I've, and you also know where I stand on issues, then I feel like I'm being a transparent dude. Well, the book, again, is called Thrive, How to Take Control of Your Destiny and Move Beyond Surviving. Now, Clay, thank you for being a part of the Read to Lead podcast. We are so excited to have had you here. Uh, Jeff, I want to just leave your listeners with this. If I get hit by a bus or if you, you know, somehow delete this podcast or you just hated <laughs> today's podcast, I'm going to tell you, in spite of me, you got to get on this Read to Lead podcast consistently because the stuff you're saying, Jeff, is going to bless people in a way that has a potential to, to, to spread from generations to come in your family. Once this common sense becomes common in your family, once this knowledge distills itself throughout your family lineage, you're, you're going to be blessed and have success for years to come. So listen to Read to Lead consistently. It is a fabulous place to go to get the knowledge you need. Well, Clay, as you probably gathered, is a connector. He loves to network, and a great way you can network with him is on Twitter. You'll find him at the Clay Clark on Twitter. That's at the Clay Clark. For everything you'd like to know about Clay, his new book, and the plethora of books and other resources he recommended, simply visit readtoleadpodcast.com slash 090 for episode 90. There you'll find a page created especially for this episode. When you support our sponsors, you support the Read to Lead podcast. Remember, SoFi, S-O-F-I dot com slash read to lead. Ratings and reviews always appreciated. Read to lead podcast.com slash iTunes if you listen to the podcast on an iOS device or read to lead podcast.com slash Stitcher if Stitcher is your app of choice. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time for the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Read to Lead.